We've got a bunch of assassins all on the same train to Kyoto. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, everything? Today I'm talking about Bullet Train. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. movie friends welcome to scott's self-indulgent movie podcast i am scott and today i am talking about bullet train which is the most recent movie from the uh john wick fellas uh, uh, in particular david uh, leitch i believe is it, or leitch i don't know how to pronounce his last name however um this is the latest from him it's a, a r-rated action romp starring brad pitt called bullet train it's actually got you know middling reviews but i personally really enjoyed this one for reasons i'll get into so without further ado let's get started There's been a running joke in movie spaces about the lack of movies that feel like movies. While there are plenty of great one-off films being made, the big blockbuster entertainment we've come to associate with the theater experience has been overwhelmed, at least in discussion and often the box office, by franchises. It means that a movie like Black Adam isn't just a movie we can see and discuss on its own merits. Instead, it's a reflection of where the DC Expanded Universe does or doesn't go from here. So I was thrilled to see that an R-rated romp full of a colorful cast of characters and Brad Pitt seemingly playing a version of his public persona like Bullet Train got made. Pitt plays Ladybug, a contract killer who specializes in snatch-and-grab jobs who's been given a new job. Find a special silver briefcase on the local bullet train and get off with said briefcase in Kyoto. But this seemingly straightforward mission goes to hell quickly, because the train is loaded with a collection of assassins who all want Ladybug, or each other, dead. So I had a lot of fun with this movie, and honestly, not for all the reasons I expect. Being a David Leitch joint, I assumed that the movie would feature plenty of fast-paced and fun practical fight work, which was the movie's main appeal to me. And Bullet Train certainly has that. Because of the location and a desire to maintain appearances in public, almost all of the fighting is in close quarters with awkward setups and tons of improvised weapons at the combatants' disposal. This means we get brawls taking place in the bar car, the service station, and the quiet car, all with their own semi-logical limitations built in. Guns are almost never in the equation, partially because Pitt's Ladybug isn't a fan, and because gunshots get a lot of attention. So instead, we're smashing faces with laptops and tipping people up with, tripping people up with drink carts. Of course, the movie's final third kicks things up a notch with more disposable baddies so our surviving players can tear through them in glorious over-the-top fashion. Not only that, but it is a lot of fun to see all kinds of people ranging from Bad Buddy to Brian Tyree Henry kick a whole lot of ass in these fight scenes. That said, the movie's unexpected hooks are the plot and the tone, which all play like an early Guy Ritchie film or an enjoyable imitator like Lucky Number Slevin. Here's what I mean. Typically, movies about assassins and criminals like to let the characters speak for themselves and get just enough backstory before they flex their power or show their true colors. But in Guy Ritchie movies, everyone gets a quick edit backstory that adds to their legend or explains how they ended up in this mess. And I'll be honest, it's a feature I've missed. It's a lot of fun watching characters with super weird foibles like Brian Tyree Henry's character's affection for Thomas the Tank Engine, or the constant references to a crime boss known as the White Death. And yes, that's amplified by Brad Pitt being in the mix. It's all wildly unrealistic, needlessly epic, and very much up my alley. 
The second part of the Richie one-two punch is the dark comedy of errors tone that swings wildly between deaths being horrific and tragic to being kind of hilarious, and that centers around Brad Pitt's Ladybug. Pitt's character is self-described as unlucky and trying to avoid hurting or killing anyone unnecessarily, which means all of his fights start off like a Jackie Chan bit of I don't want trouble the end results of which swing towards one-in-a-million coincidences that lead to someone dying or to exasperated folks agreeing to set their issues aside. For instance, a knife gets blocked and ends up in the guy who threw it. We also get very cheeky cameos and gag bits that worked far better than they had any right to. So why did this movie get middling reviews? Partially because it's too long. I think you could have shaved about 10 to 15 minutes off of this movie and get slightly more satisfying results. This compresses the time between fight scenes and could condense the build-up to the final showdown. Likewise, the movie pulls the this-didn't-turn-out-how-you-think-it-did scenario too often for its own good. The other main critique is that the movie doesn't have a central theme. Until the end. The first two-thirds of the movie are all dedicated to putting the players on the board and upping the stakes, and then in Act 3, people start talking about fate like that's what the whole movie has been about. Not a very smooth transition. Still, if you want an upbeat action crime comedy with colorful characters, fun fights, and great performances across the board, Bullet Train has you covered, and I had a lot of fun with it. 7 out of 10. This has been Scott's Off Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Off Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.